This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. That's one of the songs I used to play back in uh, the early days of Omega Man Radio. Paul Lisney. I love his music and um, that came off of a SoundCloud channel, but I think he's still on YouTube somewhere. Coming up here in a bit, we're going to have Doug Perry on tonight. He'll be doing a teaching on uh, soul ties. Did you know there's such a thing? And how to break them? And the answer is yes, there is. And you probably have some. We all probably have some at one point or time that we've accumulated, and those need to be dealt with. They need to be broken. Think of them as a connection in the spirit to another person, a bridge. And you can have godly soul ties and ungodly ones. And the ungodly ones can really set you and I up for some trouble. Think of it as a bridge between the souls and evil spirits, demons, can travel back and forth happens through a number of means that we'll get into tonight on the program with Doug coming up next. Again, welcome to the broadcast. We're live Monday through Friday. We've got some uh, daytimer shows that we uh, will have as well. And um, to follow what our schedule is, simply go to my Facebook page. That seems to be working out pretty good. You all agree out there? Maria, you like that? Go to my Facebook page, and from there, you'll see the daily posting. But, uh, irregardless of that, if you always want to have an opportunity to tune into Omega Man Radio and get that alert, then you can choose to listen or pass and listen to the archive later. Simply get on board with us at uh, MixLR. There's an app, MIXLR.com is the website, Android or iOS. And then once you've downloaded that, just do a search on my name, Omega Man Radio, one word, and then you'll see us. Uh, subscribe to us, and then every time we go live, we go live on MixLR. If other systems fail, MixLR 
has stood the stand of time and will keep on running. And it will send you a quick pop-up, uh, Mega Man's going live. And you can choose to stream live if you'd like to. That's the best way to do it. We're also using Blog Talk Radio for selected programs, usually the first uh, first couple of the evening. For our time runs out over there. And uh, same thing there, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Omega Man Radio. Find me there, and then uh, subscribe to the channel, and it will also send you an alert if you choose to uh, stay in the loop there. All the programs are free. They go up on Podbean. There's a Podbean app, or you can listen from online from any computer. And uh, subscribe to that if you'd like to do that. You'll get all the shows that we're putting up there. We're in Season 13 now, so everything we're doing currently and going forward gets up on Podbean. Plus, bit by bit, I'm uh, beginning to remaster older shows. We call them the Reloaded series. That's all the shows going back to Episode 1. So there's over presently 10,750 shows, recent count. And uh, you'll be able to get all the current stuff on Podbean. But now the whole back catalog we're going to be putting on a system called the Vault. And I'm in the process of building that now. If you want to get free access to the Vault, as soon as it's ready, here's how you got to do it. There's not going to be any charge. But it's only for those that are on our mailing list. I use Substack for our mailing list. It's free. Free for me, free for you. And they're really fair with us, uh, unlike some other platforms that uh, censored us in times past. Would you believe that? You can get censored on your own mailing list? Yep. It happened during the Trump elections. No prior warning. They didn't like my email alerting people to potential voter fraud. Bam! Mailing chip just killed my whole database. Didn't even give me the uh, benefit of the doubt or warning or anything. And uh, lost all that. So we've had to rebuild. But that's okay. Where the enemy brings in a flood, God raises up the standard. Amen? So we've restarted that. Uh, Omegaman.substack.com You'll want to get on that mailing list. It's free to subscribe. And I don't send out too many alerts over there. Periodically I do send something to you on that list. But one thing that you'll be getting when it's ready is an email regarding how to access the vault. And it's only open to those that are on the mailing list. No mailing list subscription, no vault. And it's free subscription, so why would you pass up on something like that? But that's up to you to choose if you want to do that or not. Uh, What else do I need to mention? On our website, I just recently uploaded a week ago um, the 11 issues of a Mega Man magazine. They're all free. Some of those magazines are 300 pages. I kid you not, probably the biggest full gospel magazine in the world it reminds me of the old GQ magazines it's huge and those are free they're in PDF form I do have a flipbook version too I just haven't online that yet I'll do that later um, putting together a deliverance registry map that's in beta test mode it's up there though what I've got added to it so far and of course links to uh, other social media platforms that we're going to try to reactivate uh, there's some we have no problem with if we want to use them. BitChute, for example. Thank God for BitChute. There is Rumble out there. I've never really been impressed with Rumble, though. Just saying. Some people use it. You know, God bless them, but not really a Rumble guy. 
Uh, but we have BitChute, unlike them, one of the lesser-known platforms. And uh, for some videos, we've got Mike Adams' website. He's doing a good work over there. Uh, but we have some other platforms. We're, we're back on X. But t- we, we, we've, I've reopened the account, activated them. So I'm not actively posting yet, but I will probably begin to do so. Uh, we've got X, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, and I do have a YouTube channel. I can only do so much with it. We'll see what what, what can be done there. Sadly, we can't put all the programs on there, and really, it's a waste of time to put reloaded programs up there, because I did that one day. I don't have time to re-listen to them all, and I had something I posted from 2010, and um, YouTube didn't like it. Gave me a warning. Next time will be a strike. So I can only probably really just do some select shows going forward over there. But we'll try it. I'm going to try everything we can. Uh, and then having done all stand, it's in the Lord's hands at that point. Uh, we do put out the appeal that uh, we do appreciate your help. Uh, we could dry up and go away without people helping us on this program. So it's very important that you come on and become a monthly supporter at whatever level you can give. $5. Maybe God's bless you to give more. Hey, that'd be awesome. I am looking for an army of 300 that can commit to $100 a month. Now, that's a lot of money. But really, it's not. Um, there's 8 billion people in the world. What we could do with an army of 300 that would commit to 100 bucks a month, or maybe more, um, is just unfathomable right now. I mean, my goodness, with resources like that, we can hold meetings, deliverance conferences, we can fund um, meetings in other countries, we could do TV, we can do so much more uh, that we don't have resources to do presently, but this podcast and its uh, current iteration. So perhaps God puts it on your heart to do that and you're in a position you can abound to every good work and you consider this a good work come on board God used 300 to destroy and an angel destroy the armies of Israel and to make it known God doesn't need everybody he needs one of the Lord as a majority if the Lord be with you who can be against you God always seems to do things with a small group well praise God with God all things are possible to him that believe it are called according to his purpose isn't that what it says Yes, it does. So maybe you will join us and be part of the Omega Man 300. I'll say Omega Man 300, not the Gideon. I'm not uh, I'm not Gideon, but I think that um, we are a type of Gideon army on the airwaves. Small footprint, but we can do some mighty damage to the enemy because Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And... Uh, God has commissioned this network. That's why we're here. We'll go as far as we can, and then it's in the Lord's hands at that point. Okay, that's all I had to say about that. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. Perhaps you want to join us and help us keep this show on the air. You can do it right there. Okay, Doug has just notified me that he is uh, just getting back into his office. I think he's ready to roll. Let's try it. Hello, hey. Brother Doug. Stand by. I'm going to call you back and patch you in, okay? Hold on. Okay. 
Okay. Hello. Let's do a sound check. Brother Doug, how you doing? I think I'm okay. Okay, fantastic. Folks, here we go. All right, everybody, that time has arrived. We're continuing today's marathon that actually started this morning at 10 a.m. We had that early bird show I mentioned, and then we recessed until evening. We're back, and uh, we're excited to have Doug Perry tonight from fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. Doug, your home base is Liberty, Missouri. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, just uh, northeast suburb of Kansas City. My friend Michael Basham, uh, who I've just sent uh, your contact info on, we're going to get you on his program, uh, The Cross Files. He has just mentioned to me yesterday when he was on the show that um, he may be headed uh, in the direction of Kansas and Missouri. So I said, going out there? Oh, man, you're going to be farther than from Doug Perry. If you actually get out there, you got to hook him up, hook up. So uh, that's cool. God's doing something out there. Uh, and uh, I think um, I may be correct in saying that could be a Goshen in these last days. What do you think about that? For sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, God is preparing it as a uh, refuge, um, this whole area. Uh, in most of the prophetic maps, from Dimitri Judeman to other people, um, even the government maps where the coasts are underwater, Florida's underwater, there's a on about 250 miles around Kansas City in uh, in all of those. So uh, we do believe that this is one of the places where God's going to send a lot of people. Fantastic. Well, Doug, thank you for coming on tonight. And I know you have a special topic uh, you want to talk about. Uh, why don't you open us up in the prayer and the mic is yours. Oh... Well, Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for this time. Help us to speak carefully, to speak your words, to accomplish your purposes in this time. We pray if anything is said that isn't of you, that it would fall harmless to the ground. We know the days are evil, we know the time is short. We can see the seasons, even if we don't know the day or the hour. Help us to be ready, to be equipped and prepared, to show the world the peace that passes understanding. We bless your holy name. We thank you and we praise you. Pray all of this to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I say amen to that. As we're getting started, one quick question. Are you on Wi-Fi or Ethernet tonight? I am stuck on Wi-Fi. Okay. We should probably try Ethernet in the future. I think, though, the signal is going to be good yeah. for tonight, so we can roll with it. Um, Wi-Fi kind of drops out a little bit sometimes, but Ethernet is rock solid. Okay. Um, let's roll. Doug Perry in the house. Doug, the mic is yours. Take it away, brother. Uh, well, <clears throat> I um, we have a YouTube channel, FOTM1, Fellowship of the Martyrs 1, with about 2,000 videos on there. And uh, the one I loaded up yesterday, um, 
on the 14th of February, there was a big parade, a ticker tape parade and rally here in Kansas City for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they won the Super Bowl and uh, for two, two years in a row. And uh, I am hyper-attuned to unity. Uh, my whole calling, everything the Lord has been speaking to me for 20 years is about how to get the body of Christ to be one. And uh, so even when it's not Christians, but I see unity, it touches my heart. And... Uh, the event yesterday was marred near the end. A couple of troublemakers decided to work out their dispute with one another in the middle of a crowd and shot at each other. But uh, we've we've managed to have two of, two of these parades in the last five years without an incident. And as I looked at the giant sea of people wearing red they're praising their Kansas City Chiefs and joyfully uh, dancing up and down and I I was touched by the fact that there were no pride flags there were no MAGA flags there was people standing next to each other that on any other day might not even want to be near each other, but they could come together for the Chiefs. And I cried and I cried and I cried because the secular world will lay down their differences and come together and be buds and high-five the person next to him, and praise the chiefs. But we couldn't get the Christians to play nice long enough to get together to praise Jesus. It, uh, I, I like Kansas City. I grew up here. I like this place. I'm proud of these people. There's a lot of charity. There's a lot of really nice people in Kansas City. And I don't know that we have any better ticker tape parades for our Super Bowl champions than any other city does. But it was real sweet. And except for a couple of stupid yahoos, it would have been a, just a great day. The public schools close. <laughs> Everybody takes their kids down there to wave at Mahomes and and Kelsey, and see all the guys, and celebrate this big deal thing, which is getting to be less of a big deal if they keep doing it every year. But man, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to get the Christians together. This football team, all they did was win a game, and the guy that split time in half and everybody in the world tracks from his birthday died on a tree for the sins of the world and was a deity 
we can't get together and jump up and down and cheer for. It's a it's a it's a shame on us that I can't even fathom. And people are going to have to repent for. And this spiritual pride that people think, sometimes I, 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 I screw with pastors and say, hey, uh, hey, Jesus was a Southern Baptist, right? <laughs> and there's this, there's this flash in their eyes. Where they're like, well, of course he was. But they know that sounds stupid. So they have to say something. Well, you know, the Southern Baptists weren't around at the time, but if they were, (laughs) or something, you know. But they really think he's one of them. They really think, oh, yeah, Jesus was a Catholic. Oh, yeah, Jesus was a Methodist. Jesus was just like me. He he, he thought the same thing I think. He, He agrees with me on everything. It is hubris, it is pride, it is obscene. The thing we all have in common is that we're stupid ants looking out the ant farm at the giant face looking back at us, thinking we know what he had for lunch. We know what's going on in his head. It's pride and hubris, and we all ought to just hit our knees and cry like babies and say we're sorry for ever thinking we understood him and that we knew his ways, and that we got him all pegged in a five-point plan of how he works and what he does, because we figured him out. When the creator of everything says, my ways are not your ways, you cannot fathom what I have planned. But we're just sure we're right. Even though he says we all see through a glass darkly. And someday, maybe, before it's too late, we can just all hit our knees and say we're sorry and admit that we're stupid children and just ask him what to do and then shut up and do whatever he says. And stop fighting about how many angels fit on the head of a pin. I've been groaning and crying for 20 years since the Lord gave me a vision of how mad he is at the church and how what a mess we've made. And when I saw through his eyes just the smallest little, little piece, I couldn't believe that he hasn't vaporized the planet. For, for, for how much we have dishonored Jesus. If you were in the hospital and your mom or your dad or your grandma or somebody had a last dying wish, please spread my ashes over my garden, you would, you would climb over whoever to make sure that got done. And the last prayer he prayed before he went to the cross was that we would be one, like he and the Father are one, because it would prove to the world that God sent him the greatest evangelism method ever out of the mouth of Jesus 
there would be no way for them to deny that Jesus is who he said he was when we're one, like he and the Father are one. And we open a new denomination every 48 hours. There's over 40,000 denominations in Christianity. And we're as far from one as you can get. And yet we all say he's Lord. And his last dying prayer was that we'd be one. And we can't even be as one as Chiefs fans can be one. And it's a cry and shame, and it's hard to watch. Because I cry out, I want stadiums full of Christians crying out to the Lord. And not not just stadiums of Reinhard Bonnke Christians, or stadiums full of charismatic Christians, or stadiums full of Methodists, or, or men's group, whatever, monster truck rally Christians. I mean, whole cities full of people that love the Lord. You know, the city church is the only biblical model. There's nothing about what we're doing. He never said, go into all the world and build cathedrals. He never said, go into all the world and and divide up into chunks and fight over technicalities. I'm for Paul, I'm for Cephas, I'm for Paulus. No, you're carnal, you're not spiritual. If he let me through the narrow gate, and he let you through the narrow gate, then we're just one because he says so. Not because I joined the right church, or because you voted on me and accepted me, because he let me in. And if you don't hear him well enough to look at somebody and know if they're his or not, you got a problem. If you can't tell by their life, then they're probably not his. But if they are, then you're one. You might want to play nice because you're going to have eternity together. We were doing a food giveaway clothing in a little town near here that was having a hard time, flooded all the time. Lots of mobile homes and little, you know, rural, rough area. And I called the closest church, said, hey, do you guys want to come help? Independent Fundamentals Baptist. He said, look, I'm all for feeding the poor, but I'm never going to let anybody from my congregation fellowship with anybody from any other congregation that doesn't use the 1611 King James exclusively. Well, that's a lot of loyalty to a guy. I think it's just the wrong guy. King James didn't got die on a cross for you. Anyway, that church ain't there anymore. <laughs> we need to start playing well with others. I'm telling you, whoever's listening... Find the Christians in your town that are feeding the hungry and clothing the naked, that are doing the hard work of the gospel. They might have prison records. 
They might be colorful. They might have long hair and tattoos. But they're probably hearing God better than uh, the loafer sweater wearing pew sitting ones that think they're rich and have need of nothing. I've had a couple of hard days in a row, Shannon, and I didn't plan on getting on your show to do therapy, but there's a lot of folks out there looking at church and can't figure out how this looks anything like Jesus. And they're right. It doesn't. It's not. The machinery of churchianity was never part of what he wanted, was never what he called us to do. There was a Super Bowl ad about Jesus. I don't know if anybody noticed. Probably cost him $10 million. Wow. What what happened in the ad? Um, a guy with a cross around his neck washed the feet of a trans person. Oh, man. And uh, invited people to hear more about Jesus. Who put I just got pieces together. of it. Do we know which organization uh, did that? I don't remember right off. I'd have to look it up here in a minute. Uh, well, so uh, let me give the mic back to you. Did Jesus watch, wash the feet of trans? Well, we know he washed the disciples' feet. Uh, right? I don't think it's real... Uh, we know that uh, a woman came and washed his feet with her hair. Uh, but uh, I think it is. I've been to I've been to outreaches under bridges where I wash the feet of homeless guys and drug drug addicts, and we cut their hair and gave them a shave and got them clothes and socks and clean underwear, and that seemed to be the heart of Jesus told him he loved him and said we were sorry for how the church had hurt him and uh, asked him please don't please don't blame Jesus because you got tossed out of church because your clothes weren't nice enough it wasn't his idea there's so many people chanted so many people that have been hurt by priests or pastors or churches that they want nothing to do with Jesus and I wrote a letter called the Open Letter of Apology to the World back in 2005. It's on the website. I've got it in like 20 languages. I want to get it to every person in the world, which sounds crazy. And it just says, look, I helped build this. I'm a preacher's kid. I sat on committees. I taught Sunday school. I was hook, line, and sinker in churchianity until he showed me how much it's not what he wanted. And I realized how many people have been hurt. And I'm sorry. Please don't be mad at Jesus. Please separate churchianity from Jesus. Because this wasn't his idea. We're pretty much in our own power, building our own happy fun time shows, saying we're holier than you, Given a pittance, 
You know, atheists average 1% in charitable giving of their income. Christians average 2% of their annual income in giving. Even though pastors scream at them about 10%, they average 2%. And of of all the money that comes into Christianity, 95% of it is spent on the Christians. On, on their carpet and their chandeliers and their radio stations and their magazines and their fun time shows and their promise keepers and all this other stuff. 5.5% of all the money in Christianity is lost to fraud from people inside the churches, mostly unreported. $16 billion a year on average. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's a purse with holes in it. And that's one of the purses of Deuteronomy 28 for people that go their own way and don't obey God. Uh if you look at if you look at Deuteronomy 28, your children will be given over to another nation. Your you'll your eyes will waste away watching for them to come back. You'll have a mule, but somebody else will use it. You'll grow stuff, but somebody else will eat it. They're they're all fault. They're all curses that the church, especially in America, is suffering from because we haven't obeyed. Because we didn't do it his way. Because we're not preaching the sin and the cross. And, and, and you know, we get up on Sunday and see I surrender all. And they ain't one of them in there that means it. <laughs> Back in 2004, God got a hold of me and said, walk away from your business. Trust me, I'll pay all your bills. I went to the pastor. I said, uh, hey, what about uh, sell you all you have and give it to the poor? Is can, can, Does he do that? Oh, no, no. That was just for that guy. That was just, That's not an instruction for everybody. That was just for that one guy. Yeah, well, I heard it too. And, you know, maybe it's not for everybody all the time, but it was for me, and I know he meant it. And I let him throw the whole thing in the dumpster and walked away, and he's been paying all my bills for 20 years and we run a homeless shelter and a food pantry, and we've been caring. We've given away seven million pounds of food, one minivan at a time, and that's a lot of trips, man. Can I just tell you, we never had a semi. We we've been uh, collecting and distributing food, a minivan at a time for twenty years. I. Uh, I hope that as things get worse, the Christians will play nice together, but more. It seems that persecution is necessary to get the church uh, to work together. In Revelation 2 and 3, of the seven churches, the rich ones were all in big trouble. The poor ones were the only ones got to pass. Oh, everybody else was called to repent. <laughs> when 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 the church in Russia was under persecution, people were serious. You didn't run into lukewarm Christians. A lot of them now lament 
They'd like it to go back to the way it was because at least people were serious then. I, uh, I've been trying to get people's attention. There's, there's conferences all over the country where you can go and get an impartation. And that's real. The, the gifts of the Spirit, Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end that you be complete or perfected or whole. It, he's not talking about the gift of tongues. That was normative. Everybody expects that. He's talking, and he says, seek, seek the greater gifts, especially that you'd prophesy. He wanted to go pour out whatever was in his cup on as many people as could receive it. And repentance is a gift. It says Jesus went to the right hand of the Father so as to pour repentance out on Israel. Without him pouring it out, you just go your merry way thinking you're the hottest ticket on the planet, doing your full thing, not even realizing the snare that it's becoming for you. And it's rampant all over churchianity. Crystal cathedral, giant pink hair, jet plane, prosperity, gold teeth, feather, whatever. And they can't even see there might be a problem. But the Lord gave me a gift to weep and groan and cry. In Ezekiel chapter 9, in chapter 8, God shows Ezekiel cuts a hole in the Holy of Holies and peeks in there and shows him how they've painted snakes and dragons and stuff on the walls inside the Holy of Holies and how the priests on the outside look like they're doing their job, but on the inside they're worshiping demons. In the Holy of Holies, and in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 9, it says the glory of God leaves the temple and he calls the mighty men of the city with slaughter weapons in their hands. And a man with dressed in linen with a writing kit comes. And he tells the man with the writing kit, go put a mark on the forehead of all those that are weeping and mourning and groaning for the sad state of things. And he tells the other ones, everybody else, slaughter them mercilessly and pile their dead bodies in the temple. And they go, and the man with the writing kit comes back and says, I've done what you've asked. And Ezekiel weeps, and he's like, oh, God, will there be anybody left? Because he knows his people, and he knows how bad it is. And he knows that practically nobody even thinks there's a problem, much less weeping about it. And the men with the slaughter come, weapons come back and say, we've done as you asked, and, the, and God leaves. And I was reading that years ago, 2005 or six. And I was reading it again for the I don't know what time. And real quiet, real quiet, the Lord says, you know, I already did that. Your temples are all full of dead bodies. And I cried and I cried and I cried because I know he's right. It's just a Terminator, Mad Max wasteland of, of skulls and 
dark birds feeding on giant piles of the bodies of these people that say they're Christians that are that are full of fear and 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 anger and unforgiveness and resentment and greed and doubt and whatever surveys say 50% of pastors are addicted to porn it's it's just a horrifying i get people calling me almost every day Doug, i've been to every church in my town they're all whacked it, wherever they're from, Germany, England, the U.S., everywhere, they call me. I've tried and I've tried, and they're all whacked. What do I do? I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Where where can you send me? What what person on TV, what minister ministry do you think is doing a great job in this straight? I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what to tell you. Go find the people that are feeding the hungry and holding the heads of the junkies while they're throwing up and they may, I don't, I don't know if they're even Christians, but they're hearing Jesus better than everybody else. You know, I, I posted about, did we really, do we really think $10 million commercial in the Super Bowl is the best use of money when in America, the average American gets a chance four times a day to hear about Jesus. Could be a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or a radio station they're flipping through or something. But on average, every American gets to hear some message about Jesus four times a day. And there's 300 million people in the world that get one chance every 100 years. We spend 1% of all the money in Christianity in the 1040 window, from the 10th to the 40th parallel, North Africa and Asia, Indonesia, Bali, all of that. We spend 1% of all the money in Christianity. My my little ministry, we, we house 50, we feed hundreds, we give away clothes and whatever, and that a $10 million would fund... 70 years of my budget and and the response I got from bonehead Christians is well you know if even one person is saved it's worth it I'm like really you call that stewardship I got a giant book of statistics here I think it's a reasonable thing as a business guy that I was before all of this multi-million dollar company I walked away from no credit to me it was just anyway do you know Shannon if you take uh, 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 one of the measurable one of the ways to measure efficiency or return on investment in the church is to look at baptismal rates because that's something everybody tracks. Okay? So we have a measure of that. And every year there's an annual Christian mega census that costs like a billion dollars and it's 30,000 surveys that go out to every major whatever all over the world in different languages, a billion dollars of effort and staff time to fill these things out so that we can get a sense of where Christianity is going. 
And usually it sits in a file cabinet until certain guys decided to summarize the whole thing. In the United States, I got the book right here uh, under a pile. In the United States, if you take everything we spend on Christianity and you divide by the number of baptisms, you get a rough return on investment, an estimate of our efficiency. Okay? In the United States, I want you to guess... If you take everything in Christianity, divide by the number of baptisms, how much does it cost per baptism? $1.55 million. Wow. That's the answer. $1.55 million. And all the Western countries are like that. Germany's worse. Japan is worse. Ministry in Japan is crazy difficult because they don't want to budge and they don't want a foreign god preach to them and all kind of reasons and it's super expensive to do ministry there because it's so expensive you know $20 Big Mac and everything in Mozambique it's $2,800 so if I was a kid 18 year old kid in the United States and I heard the pastor preach, and I was convicted in my heart, and I thought, you know what? I need Jesus. And I walked down the aisle, and the pastor said, praise God. We're so glad to have you. We're going to get you baptized, and it only cost $1.55 million. If I love Jesus, I would go sit back down and say, you know what? Take the money. Go to Mozambique, save 10000 Because that would be the heart of Jesus. But it, it, is, it is insanely difficult to evangelize Laodicea. And I've heard I don't know how many pastors preach sermons about how America is the fat, lazy, self-contented church of Laodicea, but it's always those guys out there. Not us. Not our church. <laughs> it's America, but not us. We're, we're okay. We don't think that. Yeah, whatever. People don't, people don't realize. People don't realize how bad it is. How bad it is. Right now, I'm in the middle of this Kansas City controversy. The International House of Prayer is imploding because Mike Bickle, the founder of it, has just had all these allegations coming out from 15, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, women, all of a sudden, all these women coming forward that had been holding their tongue all of a sudden. And it came out the day after Hamas fired into Israel. And we were having a meeting, and it was at the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles when Hamas fired, fired those whatever crazies into Israel, killing babies and stuff. And then Israel immediately started fighting back. And when it happened, God told me terrorists that have been firing missiles at the true church and we've been letting them do it for a long time, have gone too far. And now it's time 
were going to crush them. And that it was about lifting the skirts of the false shepherds. It was about putting a stop to, it's all in Micah. Uh, You know, all of the minor prophets are all end times prophecy. And he talks about the false shepherds and what he's going to do to them. That, that are abusing the sheep and that are muddy in the waters and and uh, what he's going to do to them. And then half the book is about the flock of his inheritance, these lonely, limping, broken little sheep that dwelt alone in the woods, in the mountains, are fed by his rod and are the flock of his inheritance, his special ones. And he says, in the last days, I'm going to gather them in the fields of Bashan and they're going to make the noises of many men and their holiness will shock the nations and kings will be afraid of them. And this is that season where, you know, why are, why are sheep living alone in the woods and the mountains? Why are they fed with his rod? And why do they walk with a limp? Because they wrestled with God, because they're, because, because they're his, that were dependent on him, that were chastised, were disciplined, have a lot of scar tissue and look like Jesus, that have been beat into shape and are his special ones. And the, Bashan is the breadbasket of, of, of Israel. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me and all that. And I think Kansas City is one of those places where these lonely, limping, broken little sheep are coming together. And, uh, and the false shepherds are in big trouble. And this thing in Kansas City, uh, I've got heresy hunter crazies. That are that are throwing rocks and and you know crucify him, give us Barabbas. Well, I mean, just like I'm like guys, we we it's not our job to stone people, it's our job to be merciful. And they're like, you heretic, you're too merciful, you're too optimistic and hopeful. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to answer for that in heaven. I don't think I'm going to stand for in front of the Lord. He's going to be mad at me because. You know, I was hoping for redemption and reconciliation, and that people would be useful again someday. Uh, maybe they ought not to lead if they've diddled their babysitter, or whatever. But Jesus died for them. You know, that I'm not going to steal a jewel out of His crown because because I think we ought to be stoning everybody. I got a biker pastor friend in Ohio that's good friends with Mike Warnke. You remember Mike Warnke? Uh, uh, what was see, a Christian comedian back in the 80s? The dude who that, wrote... Uh, that had been a satanic high priest. Satan seller or something like that? I, I, I remember the name. Yes, yeah. sir. Turned yeah. out to be a... Um, he, he was... He, Mike Warnke, a best-selling book, uh, yeah. What Happened to Him? He went through a nasty divorce, and she said he'd made it all up, and it was all fake, and all this stuff, and it was big. It was a big deal to get a divorce back then, and uh, you know, shoot, now uh, ministry leaders take off with their secretary, and they keep their church and everything. But uh, he was just run out of the ministry completely. He's he's been trying and trying since the 1980s to get something going and be useful for the Lord and have a little congregation but uh, the vast majority of the church never forgets, never redeems never washes the slate clean, just shoots our wounded and then hopes that we're going to find somebody else to do it 
and um, then we end up with Joel Osteen and people like that and just let them go you know get your jet plane get your Rolls Royce your Mercedes your Maybach whatever God bless you you're God must God must think you're the greatest thing ever. And there's guys with holes in their shoes running food pantries, you know, barely keeping their own kids fed. It, it's all upside down. And God said it would be like this, that that would call evil good and good evil and uh, love would grow cold and brother against brother, and here we are. And uh, it's... Um, if, if, if there's something I could impart to the people listening it would be repentance and I got a great big cup of it I cried and cried when the Lord let me see through his eyes how, how much we're killing people all over the world throwing up satellites so guys in the Philippines can preach just like Jimmy Swaggart because that's what the Americans do and shipping, shipping quarterlies to the underground church in China so they can be cessationists or they can fight over our distinctives and defend against the other underground Chinese church that doesn't agree with them 100% because we're the ones supporting them. It's horrifying, horrifying the damage that American churchianity has done all over the world. And... Uh, Absolutely. It so, put a bad taste to my so mouth. So if it's okay I, with you, I want to pray. Yes, sure. And and maybe it'll stick on some of the people listening, and maybe he'll open their eyes. Every once in a while, we have some, some young man around here that comes to my wife and I and says, I think, I think this is the girl. I think this is who God's sending. I think this is the one, but... Would you pray with me that if it's not, that that God would crush it? Because I think I'm here and she's the one. And, well, we don't have a conflict of interest. We're, we're not under any delusion that she's the one. I just want his will. But if we pray in agreement, even if he's under something, even if he's madly in love and can't see out from under it, we, we don't have that problem. So God's going to hear our prayer. So we hold his hand and we pray, Lord, if this isn't you, crush it. Get it out. Show it. Show him for what it is. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> over and over, within 24, 48 hours, she thinks he's the devil <laughs> or something goes squirrely wrong. And that's clear. This is not going to work. And, and it's because... Maybe maybe he had brass over his head. Maybe he didn't. He wasn't praying in spirit and in truth. Lord, pr- please crush this relationship because he really wanted it. But the right thing is to pray the insurance prayer and say, Lord, just in case, just in case I- I'm not hearing right, close the door. Have your way. Do whatever you need to do with it. Let me see it through your eyes. So if 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 folks will. Just say amen at the end. Uh, uh, maybe come into agreement with it. Maybe he'll maybe he'll do something and help you to see a little more than you may already see of how bad things are. Lord God Almighty, they ain't a one of us. They ain't a one of us can defend this. 
they know one of us can 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 look the poor in the eye and explain to them gold covered crusted cathedrals that took three hundred years to build on the backs of the poor. They know one of us can legitimately look them in the eye and in the name of Jesus say, oh yeah, you were supposed to give your last chicken so the pastor could get a jet plane. It's just thick with doctrines of demons and lies. Lord, we're so sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. Whatever part I had in it, Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive us all, Lord, for helping build something that wasn't what you wanted. For the waste and the fraud, for the for the for nobody putting a stop to it. For for thinking maybe Congress could have hearings about these big ministries and they could do it. Instead of us calling it for what it was, praying it down, or picketing out front, or something. Because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Who are we to judge their ministry? Lord, if it's not you, if it's not inspired by you, if it's not motivated by you, if they're hurting your sheep, Lord, take them all down. We know you're planning on it. We know you're not coming back for this. You've waited and waited and waited for your bride. And all we do is chop her up into smaller and smaller pieces. So there's nothing left but little ground bride bits everywhere. We made her look like the world. Put a mini skirt and makeup on her. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. Please, Father. Please do whatever you got to do. That she would rise up holy and pure and white and ready for Jesus. I know you've been trying for so long. And a little fire starts in the, the, the Great Awakening or the Moravians or the Salvation Army or something. Starts and then it just fills. It becomes a structure and a system and a pyramid with somebody at the top calling the shots, not listening to you. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. Please. Please have mercy. Please just a little time, Lord, a little time to turn this around. Please, Lord. Whoever's listening, Lord, now or later, whenever, Lord, please let him see through your eyes just a little bit of how bad it is. How how this thing we call Christianity 
is not, is not what you wanted. How far away in every city everywhere we just argue and fight and slander. The world thinks we're hypocrites and liars because we are. They're right. We got no business claiming we're better than them or we're going to heaven or we're holier or we're anything. Well, we buy just as much big screen TVs and online porn and whatever as the world does. Please, Lord, raise up the remnant. Maybe, maybe they're all going to be from China or Iran or someplace where they're being persecuted. I don't care, Lord. Just raise up a bride for Jesus that's holy. I'm so sorry. Please, Lord, have mercy. Those that are trapped in dead religion, that are under a delusion, that they think they're rich and have need of nothing, Lord, show them how wrong it's been, how controlling and manipulative, how sectarian, how factious, how divisive, how not the point at all, the things that they've been doing. Maybe it was fun. Maybe they liked the music and raised their hands. Maybe they rolled on the floor laughing. Maybe they enjoyed the potlucks. But is it the Great Commission? Did we go? Are we reaching anybody? Please, Lord, have mercy. Please, Lord. Raise up a people that will obey, a people that will surrender all, that will mean the words they sing. We're sorry, Lord. Bring us together as one in our sorrow in our repentance, in our confession. The thing we all have in common, the hubris, the pride, that we thought we had it right, that we thought we were doing what you wanted. Unite us in tears. that there would be a remnant, that Ezekiel 9 remnant, to get a mark on their forehead because they're weeping for the state of things. Chronicles 7.14, you say, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. Please help us, Lord. 
I've been in meetings. People quote it and they're never humbled. And they quote it and they never change. And they think you're going to hear them. Please, Lord, have mercy. Please, Lord. None of us know how to get there from here. None of us know how to fix this. We're just stupid little kids. And and we tried to put the bike together and it doesn't work and there's parts left over and we don't even know we don't even know how to fix it please Lord please fix it please connect the parts the way they were supposed to be there's people think their eyeballs and their hands and people think their hands and their feet and It's all messed up. Please have mercy. Please allow enough time, Lord. And give us the strength. Touch a cold to our lips. That we can teach sinners your ways. Restore the joy of our salvation. Fix us, Lord, so that we can go and tell them what you want. Forgive us, Lord. Please, Lord, forgive us, Lord. We bless your holy name. We thank you. We praise you. We know that you're right and we're wrong all the time. Your kingdom, your power, your glory, not ours, not ever. We're sorry we thought it was our power and our glory. We're sorry that we worship people, that we put them on pedestals. Believed they were speaking on your behalf. Well, maybe they weren't. But we don't even know you well enough to check. We don't even hear your voice good enough to know because we listen to them. I'm so sorry, Lord. Please fix it, Lord. Please turn this ride around before it's too late. I know you're gonna. You said you're coming back for a spotless bride and this is not it. So I know you're gonna. I'm just asking you for the strength, Lord, that we can endure the discipline that's going to be necessary to turn this right around. That you would just hold our hand and get us through and kiss our boo-boos while this thing hits the fan. So sorry, Lord. In obedience to your command, with expectation and gratitude, 
because we know you hear us when we cry out to you. We pray all this to the Father, straight to the big throne. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our advocate and defender, Messiah and Savior. Amen. 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 We are live with Doug Perry of Fellowship of the Martyrs dot com if you're just joining us. And sadly, if America does not humble itself, more judgment is coming, folks. We haven't seen nothing yet. You know, I um, I watched a um, a YouTube interview this week. And I'm going to watch it again. There's so much information there. It was with uh, Jamie Duvall, who used to be the producer for Sid Roth, Doug, his show, for maybe 25 years. And uh, she started her own YouTube channel some time ago, and has had some great people on there to interview. And she had a guy on there named Mark Blitz. And it said... uh, War Coming to America 2024 to 2026. And I had um, a picture of Texas, I think it was. And it piqued my curiosity. I went over there and looked at it. And it wasn't so much about the war coming to America, but the bigger issue was um, God's calendar. You know, God created a calendar, and he hasn't changed his calendar. Just as God created his commandments and his word, he doesn't change that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they go into the fact that um, God does things according to his feast. And uh, I guess the term was Shemitah. Shemitah, excuse me, cycles. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'd heard that term before from Jonathan Kahn. He's talked about, and I think some of his books, where he's predicted these different things coming. And he says, you know, they're connected to Shemitah cycles. That's the best... I can give you. Uh, my understanding of it is just cursory. And like many, you know, we didn't learn about God's calendar or the Feast of the Lord in, in church. You might have heard the term, but, you know, we knew about Easter and Passover. And isn't it interesting, as they said, Mark Blitz said, uh, Jesus was the Passover. And uh, here they've got, they're celebrating his resurrection before he died. You know, our calendar has been screwed up. Now, I don't, I don't know, what are we on? Are we on the Julian calendar? Is it the Gregorian calendar? I get a little bit confused about that, but... Gregorian. Cl- clearly, it's later than 2024. And, you know, we can do whatever we want to do in the West and think that, you know, God will back us. Catholic Church even changed the times and the seasons. I was brought up thinking That's Sunday been doing. was the Sabbath. Now, Sunday was the day that Christians went to church, but it's not God's Shabbat. That's never changed. Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. But they confused the terms, and, you know, so I just was made to feel guilty if I mowed the lawn on Sunday. You could, you know, don't go to, don't have a secular job on Sunday. And people are well-meaning. You can go to church seven days a week. There's nothing wrong with going to church on Sunday. We went Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Friday night for the hardcore intercessors would go. I didn't go, but on Friday night, but as a young man, but um, Chick Fil A then got all this press. Oh, 
he loves God. He's not going to work on the Sabbath. So he closes his stores. Well, he meant well, but he should have been uh, closing on Saturday instead of Sunday, if he wanted to be correct. But if he wants to honor God by closing one day a week, that's okay. I'm not against that. But don't make me feel guilty if I'm working or whatever what I want to do on Sunday because it's not the Sabbath. There's not a law that says I can't work on Sunday. If they want to try to pull the Ten Commandments on me because the Ten Commandments is still in effect. And it said, honor the Sabbath of the Lord. That's always been Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. So when I can correct that, I will. And then people still got to decide what they're going to do. And I don't keep it perfectly. I'm not saying that I do. But uh, I had a gun store. And I said, you know, God says don't work any employees on the Sabbath. I had my cousin working for me in the front. I told Cody, I said, we're not going to be open on Saturday. He said, what do you mean? I said, it's the Sabbath. And he he kind of looked at me like I'd lost my mind. And then next door uh, to us was a pawn shop, and they heard we were closed. Hey, we got all these people coming over here and asking us on Saturday. Why are you all closed? What's up? Are you Seventh-day Adventists? I said, no. But they got that one right. I'm honoring God. And we would open up on Sunday. Now, the mainstream church, where does this come? You know, mainstream. They might have crucified me. You're not supposed to be open on Sunday. That's God's Sabbath. No, it's not. And there's areas that we can disagree on, agree to disagree. They're not salvation doctrines. I realize that. There are some things that clearly are. We've got we to gotta be stand our ground. But um, back to this, um, this video just for a moment in my story. Mark Blitz was talking about the Shemitah cycles and saying, look, God's got a calendar. He does everything according to his calendar. And he makes this uh, case that many historical events have been happening right online with God's calendar. The problem is we're ignorant of it. And has it been, has, uh, have there, has it been, uh, is it possible to know his calendar? I believe it does. It is. I just encourage everybody to look at this. Because what he laid out here was so interesting that he basically makes the case, Doug, that uh, tribulation cannot start uh, until it until it falls in line with God's calendar. And he said, uh, if that started, then the next window of opportunity for that is like 2030. And I got to think, wait a minute. We got some out there preaching right now. We're already in the middle of the tribulation. Or it's coming this year. We got those who say Jesus is coming back a certain date. Well, nobody knows the day or the time, hour. No, the, 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 you know, the, the day or the hour. It's impossible because uh, God's calendar is not consistent like our calendar is. Every January 1 is the beginning of the new year. God's calendar is based on an agricultural schedule. The abib of the barley. And it can vary from year to year. And uh, no wonder we can't know the day or the hour. We can know the season, though. But even so, he says it's got to happen according to the Shemitah cycle. If I heard him correctly, don't take my word on it, folks. Just go and listen to the video. It's like 58 minutes. It's worth watching. It blew my mind because if he's correct, then we got more time than we thought uh, in terms of worrying about is the tribulation already started? Or is it starting, you know, in a few months? Was it COP28 that kicked it off? We've got all these wild theories, and that's what there are theories, but uh, God's not the author of confusion. We are. 
many times confused because we don't understand. It goes back to, like you said, the ants and the ant farm. We're like little yeah. tiny ants, and you look up and see this big face. We don't understand God. Who can know his ways, as you mentioned? God's ways are not our ways, and we're ignorant. We're ignorant because we don't get in his word. we got people uh, angry that Israel's over there getting ready to take Gaza. Why should they not take it when God already gave it to them? It's, it's already landed over there in the book of Joshua. People haven't read the Bible. And, you know, it's such a big book. Uh, I've read it one time, and I've read the New Testament multiple times. That, that's, a, that's shameful. I know it's people that have read it a hundred times, but um, I didn't absorb it all. Who can? That's why we got to stay in the Word, study to show ourselves approved. And it popped out at me as I was going back over there looking at the land deed that, Mo, that God through Moses deeded to the tribes, and then Joshua had to carry it out. And, and see that everything was laid out as God wanted them to divvy it up. And it's right there, plain as day, the tribe of Judah got Gaza. Now, has Israel obeyed the Lord? No. They paid a heavy price for disobedience, got dispersed. And he was talking about even the captivity. It's because the land, God commanded that the land lay fallow. I think that's the word every seven years do you give the land a Sabbath rest? Every 70 cycles, they did not do it. So God caused them to be removed from the land. The land got the rest and got it in a one-shot deal. They went into captivity. Now, I'm just giving some highlights as I can remember. I'm going back. I'm going to study this thing because I said all that to say this. If this guy is correct, Mark Blitz, he's got a book coming out. The tribulation is, we know it, the great tribulation Next window could be 2030. Well, we're only sitting over here at 2024. Now, that doesn't mean that all hell's not going to break loose in America. It could be that America's taken out between now and then. I've always said that when all the nations go against Israel, Doug, where was America? Either it was taken out or it set it out. Because I believe Dimitri Dudeman. I believe what God told him that America is mentioned in Bible prophecy. I think it's over there in, in Revelations uh, in Jeremiah 51, 8 through 15, Revelation, four, is it 14 or 18? Zechariah 14. Look it up, folks, at the um, handofhelp.com. You can see the, the whole prophecy for America. Uh, in this war that he's talking about, we could be looking at World War Three. You know what? America could cease to exist as we know it. Uh, there is coming a time where that Red Dawn invasion takes place. To coin the word, you know, from that movie, but that's really what it was, Red Dawn invasion. Mexico, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Russia, attack America. UN. The UN. I mean, uh, were some nefarious plans hatched over there at the recent WEF summits and the COP28? Absolutely. UN wanting to give power over to the um, the WHO for the, their next pandemic? Absolutely. We could see that war 2024, 2026. We got people right now on both sides of the political aisle that want war. I think it very interesting, since you and I did our last show, they had that uh, interview with Tucker Carlson and Putin. And I sat there, 
and I pretty much watched most of it. And it was just amazing, Putin just spewing out these dates. He's a, he's the historian for sure. And I got to think, could Biden get up there and even carry a conversation for a minute? Not without the help of an earpiece, Adderall, and a teleprompter. And people keep saying, you know, Biden's doing this and Biden's doing that. He ain't doing nothing except breathing, breathing air and slightly functioning. The guy's got one foot in the grave. Who's the real brains? Obama, Susan Rice? I don't know. But I know this is a joke to think that uh, he's responsible for anything. He's already checked out, folks. I hope he got saved before he went senile. But to see what Putin was saying, and he restrained himself, there's no question about that. I, I think I think uh, Tucker did an amazing thing to get that interview. And uh, well, the reason I mention this about Putin is uh, to think that we're going to be able to go up against this guy. This guy's a mastermind. Like him or not, not negating, he did some evil things uh, in his time in the KGB, now the FSB. You know, that's what that's what they do. But that doesn't negate yeah. the fact that uh, he did want to sit down at the conference table and was rebuffed by American Boris Shelton. False flags at the Nord Stream pipeline? Very likely. We've got a long history of doing evil. And, you know, judgment's coming on nations that don't repent. I believe judgment's already started on America. All hell may break loose very soon. Civil war. We're being invaded at the southern border. And as Doug was interceding tonight, you really have a ministry of the intercessor, Doug, among other hats that you wear for the Lord. Yeah. Wanting to have, you know, America humble itself. The church first. Judgment starts first at the house of the Lord. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? God's judgment's going to fall first on the church. And, uh, what has been covered will be uncovered. God is exposing sin. And he's calling us all to repentance. There's things being done in the name of Christ that should not be done. Wasting resources. You're exactly right. How many have invested hundreds of millions of dollars, billions, into their ministries? And, and really, what are they doing in terms of winning souls? Not much. Many of them. Souls that will stay, stick with Jesus? Is it enough just to say to say the sinner's prayer? If there's been no true repentance, is someone actually saved because they mouthed the words? You know, and I was looking at water baptism. Weren't we commanded to repent of our sins before we get water baptized? I don't remember anybody instructing us to do that, Doug. We just got dunked. And I'm thankful I did. Yeah. But wasn't there supposed to be some repentance going on? It's worse today. Of course, we were taught to repent of our sins, but the church that I grew up in, the Church of God, which is one of the most mainstream churches out there, ignorant about many things. Yes, there were people that loved Jesus. They preached the Word of God. They spoke in tongues. They interpreted. I saw no deliverance, so Doug. Totally ignorant of God's feast and calendar. And we're trying to figure it out on a Gregorian or... Uh, this other calendar here we're talking about here, Julian calendar. Folks, we're missing it, and we're going to miss it. We don't speak the language of the Bible. Thank God we got a good translation. It's not perfect. It'll get you to heaven if you believe in it. 
believe and do what the Word of God says, but we're ignorant on so many levels. We've got no idea, really, folks, how serious the, the trouble is that's coming, that war on the saints is coming. Very few are prepared. I know I'm not prepared. I had a dream. I was right there with Jesus. They had crucified him, and I was among his number, like uh, Peter, and they got me. And they were telling me what they were going to do to me. I was next to be uh, tortured and killed, and I ran. Lord, forgive me. I don't want to run when that day comes. I want to, if I have to, if I'm tapped to be a martyr, then I want to lay my head on that chopping block and say, Jesus, here I come. But folks, nobody's prepared like they need to be. We haven't seen nothing yet, and just kind of wrap up this micro story was, we may have longer than we thought. I'll never forget, and I've said it earlier this week on a program, I was at my grandmother's funeral, Doug, in 2011. God bless her. She was a warrior for the Lord. The Lord took her. My grandfather and my great-uncle Johnny, his brother, all them four had went in the ministry together in the 50s, and here we were burying grandmother. And I, I had heard a conversation. My grandfather was having Uncle Johnny, and Uncle Johnny said, you know, Sylvan, his brother, Sylvan, this thing may drag out longer than we thought. And I remember his words, excruciatingly slow, could be painful. Here we are looking for the rapture of the Lord tomorrow, which is not biblical. There's got to be certain biblical parameters that must happen before he can return. Paul had that same conversation with them 2,000 years ago that thought Christ was coming back. They quit their jobs. They were busy bodies. And they're basically just ready to be picked up. He said, that time can't come. He rebuked them. And you know, how many right now have just backed off going forward for the Lord in ministry? He said, well... I guess I missed my window. Christ is coming back. Tribulation starting this year. Folks, doesn't look like it can even biblically happen this year. If yeah. this guy's right. And what if uh, America's destroyed? That doesn't change God's time frame. With or without us, the tribulation is going to happen. Uh, I do believe America is a part of the tribulation. But what I'm saying is, is uh, people thinking it's all wrapping up this year. Some think the tribulation's already started. Christ is coming back imminently now we need to be ready to meet Christ if we die tonight we've got no guarantee we're going to live to see 2030 if that's the next window for the tribulation to begin all this controversy is it three and a half years seven years I don't know but I know this we got people sitting on the bench we got people that uh, will go to the Super Bowl but they won't intercede for the nation as you mentioned Uh, they're worried about every other thing but not winning souls. He that wins souls is wise. And Jesus has a parable in there at one point where it says the master was gone for a long time and he you know, entrusted money to his servants, came back and held them accountable. You all know the parable of the talents. There's another one where he came back and found them playing and gallivanting. It did not go well for those servants. They said he'll never come back. Now we need to be ready to meet Jesus should we die tonight. But we need to get busy. The best advice my grandfather Weber ever gave me was he said, Son, you need to be ready to meet Jesus if you die tonight, but we need to continue to work as though he's not coming back for 100 years. Meaning now's not the time to to quit or knee jerk or say it's over what we can do. If we got more time than we thought, 
There will be some that will sit here and waste the next seven years if God gives us that amount of time. You know, I've had some prophecies given to me from my young children who are still babies. God was going to use them in the ministry. I'm thinking, I guess they miss God because the Lord will be back before that time. Look, I may be dead uh, before the Lord comes back with the tribulation. What if this thing does drag out 25, 30 years? We don't know. Uh, We just know the signs to look for, and we know it's going to happen according to his biblical time frame, and it's certainly not on our calendar. God's not changing his calendar for you or me, folks. He didn't change his Shabbat for you and I. He doesn't change his word for anybody. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. But people change. Catholic Church says that's a mark of their ecclesiastical authority to even change the Sabbath from Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown to Sunday. And we've got all these convoluted doctrines out there. When you dissect them, they don't hold up the test of scrutiny. Now, I know we're to reprove and love and uh, what's the word we need to uh, you know uh, rightly divide the word of truth and you can you can correct with uh, you got to do it with the right attitude correct right? gently yeah yeah correct gently that's an adjective thank you sir so I realize that uh, I've got a lot to learn in that area but at the same time uh, I don't like compromise in my own life in the church's life compromise will kill you because if you're lukewarm, Jesus himself is going to spit us out of his mouth. We're getting to a, a point in the future where no more can we straddle the fence. Either we're hot or cold. That's why, Doug, I really maintain that the tribulation is to sort out the lukewarm from the church and the world. Can, can I interrupt you right there? I'm done with my micro sermon. Back over to you. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus didn't say that he would prefer if you were hot or cold. He said, I would that you be hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. These are agricultural people that walk everywhere. They know that if hot water's coming out of the ground, it's okay. If cold water is running water, it's okay. Green water is lukewarm and stagnant, and you'll throw up. So he's saying, be a healing hot spring or a refreshing cold spring, but be in motion. Don't just sit there hoarding what you have. Get green on top, or I will throw up with you. So I ask people all the time, should you be hot or cold? We should be on hot. We should be on fire. Well, he didn't say that. He said, be in motion. And, and agricultural people would have understood that. Uh, when he said it, that's that good hot or cold's okay. That's safe. Lukewarm is green, and you will you will throw up and die. And and that's so much of what the church has been. We're not out sharing with each as they have a need. The Lord told me stop praying for the latter rain and the early rain, and go be the rain. He said, I put endless streams of living water inside of each of you. Go share with each as they have a need, and we get the show on the road. We should be pouring out, not just groceries, not just a tithe. We should be pouring out whatever spiritually the Lord has given us on the people around us, imparting to them uh, gifts, but also peace, patience, gentleness, whatever we have, repentance. It, it is impartable, and we ought to be uh, 
pouring it out because the faster you give it away, the faster he's going to give you more. And uh, instead, we're we're mostly imparting opinions to people, and and that's just carnal. It, it's just missing the whole point. Uh, we could very well, I, Doug. I I don't know how much time we have. However much time we have, you're going to waste it if you hoard stuff. Yes. I don't care if it's rice or bullets. That's not the point. The point is to spend all of your time and energy between now and when he comes back on being the kind of person he wants to come back for. And and I unapologetically tell people that I want to raise up the kind of people that when they're in line for the guillotine will have such an impact on the guy pulling the lever that he will want to leave his post to get in line behind them because he sees something transcendent in them that he must have even at the cost of his own life. So I tell people, what do you have to do now in your life to be the kind of person that will have that impact on that person when the time comes? That you'll be singing songs rejoicing on the way to the guillotine in such a beautiful, transcendent way that it convinces everybody else that Jesus is real. And you need to get whatever's in the way out of the way so you can hear him so that he can tell you where the food is, he can tell you when to run, he can tell you what to say when you're in front of kings or whatever. Uh, Amen to that. That's that's how we need to be spending our time because anything else is just wasted you know absolutely and that's a real probability for some people yeah that you can end up wasting the rest of your life and get to the point of death and then it's a moot issue what we were going to do for the lord or what our calling was because we never got started we never completed it we were psyched out by an enemy or misinformation that the enemy is too great for us or we've run out of time. Folks, we're, we're operating on error. Assuming we know better than God on what he's, uh, what he's doing. We look through a glass darkly. Most people are just plain ignorant. I realize I'm ignorant of things that uh, I, I should have been taught. We weren't taught it. And, you know, some of the pioneers went on home be with the Lord. They loved Jesus. God welcomed them in. They were saved, the most important thing. But uh, I think uh, many people fail to, in closing, uh, reach their potential for the Lord. And you know what? If we don't carry out the assignment, God will find someone else to do it. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Many are called, few are chosen. And those that are chosen are required to remain faithful. And sadly, there are many people every day that die and they never even get started. Or they uh, just uh, believe the lie of the enemy and the enemy. You know, look, Sun Tzu, art of war. The greatest weapon in his arsenal was to psych out the enemy and defeat them without having to put a man in the field and fire a shot. Yep. Propaganda. It happens every day to the church. I, Someone uh, rebuked me on my Facebook because I said, hey, we may have more time than we thought. I said, go, at least go check this video out. Next window of opportunity for tribulation start 2030, if true. And I'm saying, you make your own decision. We may have more time than we thought. We need to get started and get back to work. Whatever the case may be. And some people didn't like that. Oh, no, you're wrong. Okay, you can believe what you want. But don't 
uh, you know, is, I mean, they act like I'm a village idiot. I, look, I was looking for the rapture in 1977. I've been to the church 52 years, <laughs> yeah. Doug. Listen, yeah. my grandmother gave me a book, my Mary Stuart Ralphie, When Your Money Fails. We were talking about the tribulation period in the common market in 1977. I went, yeah, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Six letters in his name. He was the Antichrist. I remember. Look, I've been looking for it for 30 years. And I can tell you, many people thought it was imminent then. They think it's imminent now. And what is it to God if he, you know, again, he's going he's to do things by his calendar. And he'll have to sh- cut the short days short. He says, or no flesh be saved. But we can't prolong his uh, calendar. That was one of the points that stuck out with this uh, Mark Blitz video is God's doing things like clockwork according to his appointed times and his appointed feast. That was the point. He's appointed it. We're not going to change his appointments. Question is, are we going to show up at, at the right time in the appointments or are we going to be like the you know the uh, the, the the foolish virgins who weren't ready came on them like a thief in the night again yeah. we may very well die before the tribulation ever even starts those who are tuning tonight or it, it may come start kick off in 2030 something to think about and pray about so what will you do if you got seven more years or you got 25 years or 30 years we better occupy till Christ comes or we kick the bucket. Or we're going to be the losers. Yeah, you got in because you received Christ, but is it any value to the Lord to die before our time or go there and have no fruit? There are people that are going to get in by the skin of their teeth, by the smell of smoke. They got in, but they have no reward. They built on hay, wood, and stubble. It's a wake-up call for me. Kind of a paradigm shift in my thinking. I'm thinking, man, I got more time than I thought. I think I'm going to learn some Hebrew. I'm going to start a yeah. business. I'm, I'm going to every time somebody says, "Hey, this guy on YouTube says there's a rapture next Thursday," I'm like, "Yeah, well, there's stuff God told me to build and to do, and it's not done yet, and it'll take years to do." <laughs> right? So, no. God have mercy. No. God have mercy, folks. If we sit there and just drink coffee and get our daily news update. And we're doing nothing for the Lord. And literally, we waste our time. And the time ticks and ticks. And there's none left. And you croak and kick the bucket. And you go into eternity. And God says, what have you been doing? Some are there right now. God forbid. Uh, I'm done. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, Doug. Tell people how they can get in contact with you. uh, Where you're where you're doing teaching and preaching that they can tune in and how they can support your ministry because you're doing a great work for Jesus and definitely uh, you're, you're pre-positioned in a place that uh, God is going to use in these end times. Thank you. Yeah, we are hyper efficient. Uh, our annual budget's about $150,000 and on that we house about 50 people. We have a food pantry and a thrift store. Uh, we have a community storehouse, warehouse, about 15,000 square feet where we store up all kind of donated stuff, wheelchairs, crutches, neck braces, oxygen machines, medical equipment. If people donate candles, uh, uh, sleeping bags, cots, all of that stuff gets stashed. Um, 
we've got a far it's a vertical drive trucks into it not down like a coal mine and uh we've got about 350,000 square feet of storage in there of stuff and uh there used to be a haunted house and a tactical shooting range in there oh, wow. back in the day um we've got uh wonderful people that have come from all over the country to be a part of this i've got 2000 and some videos on youtube uh going back to 2007 when youtube was brand new and um I've written eight books about how the church needs to change, how to hear God better, about spiritual warfare, about the the religious delusion that's on most of churchianity. And they're all free on our website at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. You can email to FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. That's our PayPal, FOTM at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com. You can cash app to dollar sign FOTM1. FOTM1 is our call sign on YouTube. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff under FOTM1 or Fellowship of the Martyrs. And um, not hard to find. Addresses on the website, contact us information. You can donate on a credit card through the the main website, uh, even without PayPal or anything. Or there's mailing address there if you want to send a check or something like that. Or email if you're overseas and want to send a bank we've had people do all kinds of stuff like that and uh we we nobody's paid a salary everybody uh you know i i'm whatever i'm about to have dinner after i get off with you and it'll be a sandwich from the food pantry and uh uh, trying to love people and show them something christianity and uh and we've seen a lot of Folks from under bridges get their act together, come to the Lord, get a job, get an apartment. We've helped them over the years. Um, uh, a lot of folks uh, that 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 are real wins. I've got one guy. He bounced around uh, eighth grade education, foster care, bounced around on family sofas and stuff, and was on meth. And he was out on the street. We took him in. Salvation Army called and said, "We can't place him. Can you take him?" And he stayed with us for years. Got radically saved. Beautiful, sweet, snaggletoothed uh, sweetheart. But I can't take him to church because if I say, "Hey, Mike, why don't you pray?" Lord, you're the best effing God ever. I so effing love you. Because <laughs> that's the best he's got. You know, he's just, uh, he just doesn't have any other vocabulary. Uh, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for it. So, <laughs> but, but the Lord smiles and it's beautiful. And uh, I am banned for life from churches all over town pastors that can't stand me one came to the park when we were giving away food and said god doug this is the last event like this you're ever going to have in my town god has revealed to me that you're satan incarnate <laughs> no kidding bob tell everybody all press is good press that's only <laughs> going to make you sound like an idiot uh and then god hit his house with lightning but uh for real uh I, you know i i i have uh when we first moved uh, to Excelsior Springs, where our mobile home park is, next to Liberty, I called the Ministerial Association president, see, or whoever was a, whatever in charge, see when the meetings were. He said, oh, no, we know about you. You're never welcome. Don't ever come. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. You you think you think you're praying, asking Lord for revival, send the Holy Spirit, but make sure Doug's not involved. That's never going to work. <laughs> he said you're trying to tear down everything we're trying to build. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I kind of am because that's what revival does. It upsets the apple cart and puts people on their faces and they rethink what they've been doing so yeah maybe you're right but I you know I'm the mayor said he was going to do everything he could to run us out of town when we first moved here got the farm but I got endless numbers of people with with prison backgrounds and whatever that would let me sleep on their sofa forever because I was there when they needed something and I fed them and took care of them when nobody else would, and I think I think I think I think Jesus is a lot happier about that than that I play golf with the mayor or somebody, uh, which I don't do because I don't play golf. I don't have hobbies. I don't have time. Anyway, uh, so that's how you can help. Uh, we have conferences about once a month here. We invite just people to come in. To, uh, we got one uh, this weekend. Uh, it's just two or three people, maybe ten people show up from all over. We just pray with them and hold their hand and show them what we do and have dinner three nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just hang out and pray together and let them meet everybody. And uh, some of them come to see if they want to move here, and some of them just want to get a hug because they're lonely little sheep and uh, whatever. But there's no charge. We just invite whoever. Uh, the schedule for the conference is on our website at fellowshipofthemartyrs.com and if you're just uh, you know we're dead center in the middle of I-35 and I-70 if you're coming across the country and you just want a hug give us a call and uh, we'll meet you down by the highway and give you a hug fantastic again fellowshipofthemartyrs.com yeah okay Yeah. great deal you want to close this in prayer yeah Lord, thanks for this time. I pray again you'd have your way with this uh, message. That you get the right people to it. If you got to turn their computer on spontaneously and send it to the right website, I don't care. Just whoever needs to hear it, Lord, please get it to them. We look forward to a restored bride it's worth everything if we could just see what that might look like we love you and we bless your holy name we thank you we're sorry you've had to wait so long for us to get our act together thank you for finishing what you started in us in the name of Jesus amen Amen. My friend, God bless you. Thank you for coming on tonight. What shall we title the program tonight? Repent or else. I love it. Uh, We'll see you next week. And look the schedule we got you on for Wednesday the 21st at uh, 9 p.m. Is that still good? 9 Central? 9 Central on Wednesday. See you then, brother. God bless you. Thank you for coming on tonight. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks, that uh, is going to conclude our evening program. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I'll have the shows that we did beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern this morning with uh, 
Harry Cooper uploaded here today. And uh, I encourage you to pick them up. Go to our website, omegamanradio.com. Support the work if it's meaningful to you. And I want to thank all those that have. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time.